So good evening to everyone joining us. I'm delighted to be joined by a fantastic panel of speakers this evening. So we have Aoife McCooey, councillor for Carrickmacris Castle Blaney LEA in Monaghan, uh, Shane, uh, Shane Curley, councillor for Lockery in Galway, Rich McOsker, councillor for Finglas, Glasnevin and Ballymun on Dublin City Council, and Andrew Bulger, councillor in Gorey, Wexford. Uh, so just to start everyone, uh, I suppose, as some people might know, Andrew and Breege, both of you were co-opted this year around the time of the general election and by-election in the past year. And Shane and Aoife, you both ran successfully in the local elections last May. Uh, so just to start to each of you, why did you decide to run or, in your case, put, uh, put your name forward for co-option? Uh, so will I start with you, Andrew? Yeah, um, so... Basically, starting from the start, I didn't come from a political family, um, but I was an only child. So growing up at Christmases, you would have been around older people the whole time. They would have been talking about current affairs, they would have been talking about politics. So I suppose that's where I might have got my interest in it. And then when you're in school, you're studying your history and obviously politics is involved in that. So then in my own community, you tend to inherit a sense of pride in your area especially through organizations like the GAA, uh, which are always, even through the pandemic, great help to the local community and the people in their area. Um, so then the option came when Malcolm Byrne was elected to Dáil Éireann, uh, that there was a vacancy in Wexford County Council in the Gorey area. And I said, this is the time to put your name forward. If it doesn't come out of the hat, or if you don't win the convention, you might be able to go in 2024. But I was lucky enough to win that. And I, I'm very glad that I've been given the opportunity to do that. And it's a great honor to be able to do this, especially at such a young age and represent the people uh, of all ages, but especially the youth issues that may have not been highlighted in the past. Brilliant. Uh, so Aoife, if you'd like to go next. Um, so I suppose uh, something similar on you in that, I suppose well, my family were like a very female family, like just always growing up, that was the party in our house. And I got involved with the party when I was maybe about 15 or 16, um, just joining the local common and attending meetings, like when I was in school age. And, you know, I always had that kind of background. And come last year, um, it, it had gone past a convention in our area, so they needed a candidate to run for the Cassidy area. And I was kind of the right place at the right time. I just thought, this is what I should be doing. Um, I was back living at home, and I just thought, well, I have as much to give to this position as anybody else, and I really believed in it, and I've been involved with a lot of community groups um, throughout my teenage years, and I just thought, I can, I can do this, and I can make change, so I just thought, I'll go for it, and thank God it was successful. Uh, so, Breesh? Yeah, uh, similar to you, I suppose, right place around time. Um, I joined Fianna Fáil, I'm not from, a, I'm obviously not from the South, I'm originally from Tyrone, and I uh, joined Fianna Fáil, joined Ogre when I came to college in Dublin and from there I suppose I got the opportunity to get quite involved and uh, I was working quite heavily in Paul McAuliffe's campaign and uh, organising his canvassing and I'd done work for him in the office and I suppose I've been doing work in and around the party and when he was elected to the Dáil then in February the opportunity came up to go for co-option and members of the local org organisation were quite uh, encouraging and a number of them had suggested that I should put myself forward and I suppose I always had it in the back of my head that I'd love to give electoral politics a go if I ever got the opportunity. So 
it seemed like the perfect opportunity to try it out and yeah so far so good it's um it's great to put the you know to see the, the electoral side of things as well as the behind the scenes party side of things so that's that's my story anyway great and shane would you like to go yeah uh, i suppose i went to the count in the 2016 general election down in new England, and a guy at the time pulled me aside when he saw me with the fianna fall clipboard and said shane you're about by 40 years the youngest fianna fall person here today would you have any interest in getting involved so i started going to local coming meetings for a year or two and then i kind of fell away from it again but um got involved in ogre through tom cahill who's the current president he dragged me into calling me east ogre and couple of months later I was running for the COB, got into that and just kind of got a grow for politics then. But I suppose one guy in HQ just said to me back in the day, he said, when I was after getting on the COB, he said, Shane, you're a referee, you're coaching kids, you're a teacher, you're doing a huge amount of stuff that really works hand in hand with being a counsellor. So he kind of just suggested to me that if the opportunity came up, just keep an eye on it. And all of a sudden a local guy here who had been working, I canvassed from five years ago, he decided to give it up. So I thought, look, I'm from the exact same area. I only live less than a mile from him. So I was perfect geographically to run. And I suppose I was always one of those nerdy kids in school who had a huge interest in politics when I was like seven or eight years of age. I could tell you every issue that ever was since the thirties, whatever, since I was about eight years of age. So I always just had a huge interest in it. And between everything I just said, I'd give it a go and got a good result. So I was happy out. Great. Uh, so next, uh, would you like to explain uh, what would be your main area of focus or priorities as a councillor and really what encouraged you to run? Uh, so, Andrew? Yeah, um, the main issues that I would get in, whether phone calls, meeting people or emails, would be housing queries, um, affordable housing and the social housing list. Uh, where I'm from in Gorey, it's a commuter belt. So uh, there's a lot of need for housing here. People need to have affordable housing here and then a lot of people will live and work in Dublin. Now that might change due to the COVID-19 thing, but presently that's what I'd be very busy with. Um, and that can be quite frustrating, but also very rewarding when you get it over the line for that family. Um, and I would get a lot of environmental issues in as well. Being a young councillor, that's also very important. Um, and any representation on any matter that you get in might seem minuscule uh, in stature when it comes in, but to that person, it's very important. They wouldn't go out of their way to contact you if it wasn't important to them and their lives. And Breach, uh, would you like to? I suppose um, the representational side of it's definitely very important and it is I suppose quite quite powerful really like Andrew says when somebody takes time to contact you and you're able to help them in any bit housing is definitely the number one issue in I suppose across the country but in Dublin in particular um it's not even so much social housing as people who are locked out of it at all levels so uh whatever I could do I suppose to progress the development of land in Dublin um would be a key priority of mine over the next five years but I suppose in terms of things like Ballymun, Glasnevin in general um it'd be helping to deliver infrastructure um we're due to maybe get a lewis extension so being an advocate for that and being an advocate for better public transport uh, better facilities for young people uh, there's a lot of sports clubs and things that don't even have their own grounds or changing facilities anything i can do to help those community grounds i suppose or those community groups um will be another sort of top priority of mine as well and Aoife? 
Um, so similarly, I suppose uh, one of the there's a number of different things I would deal with um, on a daily basis. Particularly, housing would be a massive issue uh, for my area. And one thing that I've noticed um, was the increase, the amount of people that contact me. The majority of them are not uh, families; they're single individuals um, that are looking to get up, looking to get a house. Maybe like in their 20s and just can't seem to manage to get out of their family home and really need that independence and freedom and they're really just locked in and uh, a big issue that that I've come across is the fact that we're actually not building enough suitable housing for that for those people like really be looking at two or three bed houses like there's no point I suppose building two small houses but really a uh, type of housing that would be suitable for them is not being built to the to the extent that it should be. Um, similar to that, um, I suppose a lot of community groups um, come into our council meetings and have pitched us why they need money and stuff. And thank God we've been really successful in getting money for different groups. And uh, th that'd be really like the, that'd, that'd be like the bulk of it. And as well as that, like obviously, like people are looking for grants for like wells, um, for our housing adoption grants, all that kind of things. So I'd, I'd sort them out, get them forms, sit them down and have them fill it out because that can be quite daunting for a lot of people. So I kind of help out with all that kind of stuff. So, and I really, really enjoy it. It's very rewarding, especially like Andrew says, when you get something over the line for somebody, it's really, really rewarding. And Shane? Yeah, uh, my main priority really over the five years is to kind of make, make living in rural areas uh, a viable option for young people. Like we say, the vast majority of my friends at my age are either living abroad or they're in Dublin or they're in Cork because that's where the jobs are uh, or where the you know the jobs that actually provide you with a viable way of life that's where they are like if we could make housing affordable in rural areas for young people then you're going to increase the population in rural areas which creates more teaching jobs and more jobs in the medical fields and it just it creates proper economies in rural areas like if you take the hurling team that I play with like nine of the starting team from three years ago are now living abroad that's out of 15 like i mean that's 60 percent of our team that has just emigrated like and that, that just decimates a rural area and it decimates a hurling club and it decimates the kind of feel good factor in the area um so look that, that's my that's my main priority like i mean i'm really excited by darren o'brien's affordable housing scheme that he's bringing out in the autumn like it's, it's going to be huge for our area if, if it does work it's going to be huge for young people in our area so we can start actually building affordable housing um, and yeah, that's that's about it, really. Great. Uh, so obviously, the main issue that all of you have mentioned here is housing. And mm. for people who may not have an understanding of the workings of local government, uh, would any of you like to explain uh, what can a councillor do for their constituents on the issue of housing? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't mind coming in there. So usually, uh, you don't mind uh, usually someone will contact you and say i have this issue and we need uh, we need to get on the social housing list so you need to ask them the questions are you on the social housing list uh, are you on a different county council's list what's your situation uh, your family situation are you single married do you have any medical issues that might be able to help you with your housing application um because i find they're picked on the length of time which can be eight years if not more or possibly a medical priority which can get you bumped up that list and 
as a counsellor, your job is to make sure that their file is fully up to date. You'll never be able to provide the house itself because that has to be built from a national level and through national policy. <clears throat> but our job is to make that representation on behalf of that person and to make sure that everything is up to scratch with their file. Would anyone like to add anything to that or are you happy with that? Uh, One of the things yeah, I find, sorry, go on, Oh, I was, I was going to say, Andrew just kind of has the gist of it. It's being able to advise a person be of, the, of the, different, um, the different options open to them, whether it's medical priority or exceptional social grounds or those types of things. And then I suppose in terms of um, housing development, when the prospect of houses being built on council of land uh, becomes available, councillors are generally presented with the options and um, they have a very useful role in providing feedback to planning officials and working as a liaison with the communities. What what, can, what type of housing can go in where? Where's their need? Would senior citizens be ideal for here? And where would apartments be more suitable? So I suppose like while they don't have like a statutory role in actually allocating housing, it's I suppose it's being that liaison between the, the local person and the council. Great. Uh, so just to move on, I think it would be fair to say that uh, the four of you might be uh, outliers in terms of your age on the respective councils that you sit on. And I suppose, what would you say is the reason for this? In what would you say are the main barriers to young people uh, entering politics? So I might start with you, Shane. Um, Within Fianna Fáil, this might be a little bit controversial, but within Fianna Fáil, one of the things I find is that amongst the more senior members of the party locally, there's a kind of, I wouldn't say a suspiciousness, but a kind of reluctance to back young people. I remember, like Albert Olin's a guy here, he's 22, uh, I think he's 22, and he's a councillor as well as me, like he'd be a good bit younger than me. And he, I, I was mentioning to someone when he got on the ticket to run, and the guy just goes, ah, he's too young, he hasn't a hope. And like Albert was a couple of votes off top of the poll, came in on the first count, like blitzed and nothing right. And he had guys at 67 years of age just completely dismissing the notion of a 21 year old running. So I, I think there's a kind of a lack of faith in youth amongst some people within Fianna Fáil in particular. I found that anyway in our area. Um, in saying that though, an awful lot of people are delighted to see young people just have an interest in and getting involved. So, um, but I, I think our reluctance to put faith in young people tends to be a barrier especially in party politics, I think. Andrew, would you like to elaborate there? Yeah, um, I suppose it can be a barrier. And when, you know, you might be on the phone to someone and you're trying to work through an issue or you're meeting them and you're working through an issue and uh, just on Shane's point, they might say, could you ask one of the other lads? You're only in there a few weeks and you're going, <laughs> right, okay, yeah. We know how this conversation is going. But uh, yeah, that, it, it's, it's a barrier, but it's, it's one you can break when you prove to them you're well able for this. Um, so, but I do understand where Shane is coming from. Breach? Yeah, I suppose, from my point of view, in my own organisation, it, it might just be a demographics thing, but in Dublin Northwest, I suppose, they're always quite encouraged, encouraging of younger people in the CDC, but I suppose that's probably because after 2011, there was just nothing left. Um, but I suppose in terms of the electorate, like Andrew does a point, they, they do tend to take it less seriously. Like I think somebody did say to me, like, you're much too young to be a counsellor, what, what happened there? Do you know, that, that would be a, a classic thing. And I suppose just generally, um, it's, it's a very daunting experience. It, it can be quite costly too. And maybe young people just, I don't think there's necessarily enough advice comes from 
owner politicians or the party organisation generally in terms of what it takes to run a campaign, the type of finances you're looking at, the type of timeline, um, just in terms of actual practical help in terms of what an election in a box looks like. So I think that's something Fianna Fáil could do better. It's, it's something that we all could do better in terms of dealing with prospective or potential candidates. Great. And Aoife? Uh, yeah, well, I, I sort of agree with that. There is a little bit of an element of like maybe older members within the party with a, that would be a wee bit reluctant to maybe run a candidate. Like I was a very, you know, a lot of people said I hadn't a hope of getting elected, particularly in a rural area to run a young female candidate was just not something that was likely to happen to get elected. But um, there was a little bit of a pull against it within the party, but like for the most part, overwhelmingly everybody supported me. But yeah, I suppose out in the doors, people would throw things at you and all that kind of thing. But like when you get in there, you get the opportunity then to prove yourself and show what you can do. And it's important, I suppose, for us, we're in there now, we have to set an example and show the electorate that young people have everything it takes to be involved in politics at local level and, and beyond that. So I suppose that you have to set the precedent and it starts with us, I suppose. Great. Um, I just add there, yeah. uh, another thing I think an awful lot of young people would see on social media is the level of abuse thrown at politicians and like the severity of the abuse and how personal they can get. And I think an awful lot of young people probably look at the abuse people are getting and go, oh, Jesus, not for me. So I think that can certainly put an awful lot of young people off politics. Of course. But, I suppose, do any of you think there is anything that can be done, I suppose, by the government, by individual parties or any other uh, organisation to help young people get into politics and to help break down some of these barriers you've mentioned? Yeah, for example, like, well, for example, for to get more women into politics, there's uh, like different groups that run training, training days and stuff, and they did for the last election um, as well. And it kind of educates women on you know, the format of local government, what's expected, how you run a campaign, just kind of all the nitty gritty things that nobody tells you, do you know that sort of way? And I suppose if there was that type of training for young people, I maybe just to give them a flavour rather than what to expect, because I know like I suppose like I thought I knew what I was I thought I knew what the job was, but no you don't know the job until you're actually in it and then you're very quick to learn what, what it actually entails. So perhaps something like that. And as well, like in relation to the online abuse and like even during your campaign, like I had like posters destroyed, faces cut out of them, things written on them, everything. I suppose like every candidate experiences that. There's not much you can maybe do about that. But as for the online, like I just think that the law is so outdated. And um, like I've had serious issues with um, online trolls and um, online impersonating and there actually is no law against it and um, if this is if the type of things that were happening were happening like in sort of in real life and not online it would be illegal but because it's online there's actually no law in place so I think the government really seriously actually does need to look at that and legislate for it because the digital age has just crept up so fast and I think it's time that we catch up with it. I think there needs to be more accountability for the likes of Facebook as well. We need to have more strict monitoring of what's going on in threads. Like, I mean, you see something like this vile stuff thrown under TD and posters, posts on social media. Like, it doesn't matter how much you're after achieving, there's always going to be someone who's just going to throw in a random negative comment that really just. Yeah, I think just generally 
the, like the extent to which lies spread on social media is, is frightening. Um, insane, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it takes hold and like there's no point in lying because it is on certain elements and certain political parties. And um, unfortunately, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael as well do say Dean seem to bear the brunt of it. Um, I think there's and there is obviously a whole other issue in terms of women and the, the very targeted abuse that they seem to um, face. But I think yeah, more accountability for Twitter and Facebook would be something. And I suppose just as well if the party, whether it was headquarters or the press office or what, I suppose just going back to the idea of a toolkit could could equip. Um, local election candidates with what they're likely to face and how to deal with these and let them get out ahead of it. It, it might come as less of a shock when they do take on the job. Yeah, and just a, a, another thing as well is the time that we all commit to this job. Um, well, for me, it still feels like a hobby, so it, it's hard not to commit the time and to pull away because I still study and you want to be able to do your studies as well and be able to do this part-time job. Um, so t maybe teaching people or teaching current councillors or future councillors about time management. You need to switch off, you need to do this. This is also good for you to go and see your friends, have a bit of crack along the way because that's what politics is. You know, It's not all negative. You have to go out and have fun as well. Um, I think one last thing that really creates hassle, like I was saying to you before we come on, like I have to put back to a part-time teaching job because every second Monday I'm going to a council meeting that takes the whole day. And I know, Breed, I think you meet later in the evening in Dublin City, do you? Our monthly council meeting will be on Monday evening, but everything else, area committees, your SBCs, are all still uh, weekday afternoons. That's obviously, unless you're in a job that's especially flexible, it's very tough. Yeah, like we start at 11 a.m. in Galway County Council. Like, that's your full day gone, because by the time you get in the traffic in Galway City, we've no ring road. So like, you have to literally drive through the whole city to get into the county hall. So your, your whole day is gone. Like, so <coughs> I probably won't have a permanent job as a teacher when I'm a counsellor, you know what I mean? That's, that's a barrier and like what we proposed it twice, we have an Albert have proposed later meetings in the evenings or even just to let us have a half day out at two o'clock and they were just totally shot down by some of the elderly counsellors who just, they're retired, it's their full-time job, they don't care, it's easier for them to get it out of the way earlier in the day, they don't see the effect it has on us and you get the whole thing thrown at you, oh you knew what you were getting into before you got into it and it's like, we did but in this case not to make it better it's a part-time job yeah. yeah we knew what we were getting into but we want to bring more with us yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. That, to another issue i suppose um would you say any of you that you approach the job any differently because of your age and maybe do you bring anything differently to it in terms of maybe interacting with your constituents in different ways or anything like that Yeah, um, I remember about three or four months after I got elected, I had a meeting in Lockray on like substance abuse and informing parents about what kids can get up to and how to be aware of the signs and all the rest. And like, I had seen it happen all over Dublin with different, like the sake Paul Collip and his counsellor used to have a kind of a meeting the odd time. And I'd seen a good few counsellors in Dublin run it. So I, I thought I was just kind of doing the normal run the mill thing. And it was hailed as this like revolutionary event that totally changed the face of Lock Ray because like it had never happened before. Like you get the kids, kids get the, the education at school. Like the parents had never had a meeting like this. Like, Jesus, it's great to have a young lad involved that is a little bit in touch. And I suppose like between teaching kids and the fact that I have a brother who just did his leave insert, I probably 
have a bit more of a finger on the pulse of young people compared to probably some other councillors. So, yeah. Really, Sorry, Shane. Sorry for cutting across. No, go on, go on. You're yeah, like it, with the connection with young people, like a lot of people would say to me, "God, I can't believe I can send an Instagram message to a counselor or a politician and he'll be able to reply to me." You know, <laughs> they find that strange. Like, but you know, a lot of politics, no matter what age you are, is very similar because uh, we all have shared goals. We might have different ways of getting there, but we, we all have the shared goal of representing the people in our area. There, I, there's no one-size-fits-all politician and like for example on this pa panel we all do different things but we're all still able to, to represent the people in our area Um so perhaps even it's it's more of an in incentive to work harder as a young person because you've less experience than uh, the woman or the man to your left or right who's been on the council for 20 years. Yeah, just on that, um, I met a councillor in town there a few weeks ago at the start of the lockdown, and he had like seven or eight forms in his hand that he's about to deliver to people. And I was thinking, I actually delivered 14, five minutes ago on Instagram Messenger to young kids who wanted to apply for the COVID payment. Like, it does, like, social media has probably changed the game politically. Yeah, I think as well, like, people my age, and I suppose because I've just been so interested in politics from probably about 11 years of age, so I took it for granted in terms of my level of knowledge of what politics is about and what politicians do um but like the level of awareness as to what the role of a local councillor is and uh sort of what they do is very poor among people my age and like not just like college people but people who are graduated a few years out of college so like, i suppose actually just me being their peer and also being councillor it's kind of it's strange i suppose it normalizes the role in some ways it, it brings it to the younger generations and maybe makes them aware of, of the services that are available to them um, more than they maybe would have been because I suppose most other counsellors tend to be maybe the age of their parents or above and, and they don't they don't feel a link with them or they don't feel a connection with them. And Aoife do you have anything to add to that? No I suppose everything said but I do feel that uh, being a young person like I know like a lot of young people would contact me about different things and it's just because I suppose like Andrew was saying they can just send you a message on Instagram or on Facebook or something it's Kind of more casual and you're like to an extent you're a lot more accessible in that way and like i know like other councillors um in my area don't even have any form of social media like their way of getting their message out there is on like local radio or local newspaper whereas i find social media to be like a, quite a large part of my kind of platform is for getting information out there but like i put a lot of work into that so I think I suppose it's just varies, but really the work for counsellors is the same whether you're there one year or you're there 20 years, yeah. Of course. Uh, so you mentioned a while ago there that there were some things that you anticipated going into this job and some things you didn't. Uh, so I suppose, would you say, all of you really, that your job as a counsellor is very different to what you expected or not? So uh, Andrew, if you'd like to start. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I'd say it's pretty much what I did expect because I had been around counsellors, I'd followed them, I'd seen what they wanted to do. I had made a decision that this is what I want to do. So it's it's not that different than what I expected, but there's a hell of a lot more to learn than what I expected. So you have your, your basic council meetings and then they tell you about SPCs. So most people listen here will go, what the hell is that? So they're special policy committees that will meet like that and you wouldn't really get a chance to learn about that 
unless you were a counsellor, I find. So that was the different part that I found, but mostly it's it's what I expected. Preach. Yeah, similarly, I um I suppose I've been around counsellors and I've um worked in politics and worked TDs, but like the public facing side of it, I suppose, was kind of what I was expecting and the typical casework, I suppose, wasn't much of a shock, but uh, it's it's getting the scale of the job in terms of getting used to the city council and its workings and uh, just even how the rest of the councillors interact with each other, That that's still an ongoing process and I suppose it's been made harder by the fact that my co-option sort of coincided with the pandemic so um, it's just, it has been just a, a very bizarre experience. Um, so yeah, it's, it's taken a while to get bedded in but in terms of the actual dealing with the public, it's it's been pretty much what I expected. Yeah, well, I, to be honest, I really didn't know what to expect. Like, I really didn't. I knew, yeah, you had council meetings to order, but like, as for say, the format of those meetings and how they took place and how to get things on the agenda and all that sort of thing, like, it definitely took time to figure out. Um, like, what I find, like, at the beginning, I was, if something wasn't like very specifically on the agenda, I wasn't really sure how to raise an issue. Whereas I can see now how easy, if anything, remotely relates to something that you want to talk about you can just bring it in and just get it up get it out there do you know that's a real but it takes a bit of time to kind of just figure those things out i'm like um as andrew was saying with like special positive committee meetings and stuff i didn't know that they even existed and there's so so many other committees that you're in, that you're on and that's all meetings again like uh like the policing committee and there's just loads there's like the heritage committee there's loads of things that you end up on and that you actually have to then like really research and educate yourself on that you, that's just you just don't know like I suppose like everybody knows the like the typical taking phone calls and making representations but there's just so much more to it when you get in there so look it's been an unbelievable learning curve for me like the last five months have been phenomenal uh, it was it was pretty much what I expected like I had worked with a good few kind of either council candidates like Keith and Rachel in Dingless and Whitehall or else with Paul and I'd seen an awful lot of the work they do and I, I had a fair idea of the kind of things that come up even down home as a rural councillor like roads, flooding, um, housing, planning, all those things. I, I knew it, I had a fair idea what jobs I would be landed with but what I didn't expect were the amount of different funding schemes and like the types of, like there's, there's so many different funding schemes for particular types of things you want to get done it's what's called a community involvement scheme where you can get a road widened or you can get a bad bend taken out of the road and then there's like a local improvement scheme for like dead end roads and it's like you're doing pretty much the exact same job but two totally different funding schemes so i found that kind of stuff hard to get used to but once you get the hang of that it's pretty much what i expected other than that well i got a phone call on christmas eve at half 11 and like i didn't expect that generally it wasn't santa was it no, unfortunately, no. I'm hoping it was. Another question here. Uh, I suppose, what would you say are the what would you say is the main thing you'd hope to achieve in your next term as a councillor and for the rest of your term as a councillor uh, to each of you? So I'll start with you, Breach. So just going back to what I said earlier. Um, I'd love to work with the other councillors in the group and was going to fall more widely in Dublin City Council in just improving the community facilities in, in the area. Um, there's a job of work to be done in terms of the parks. Uh, something as boring as illegal dumping is actually the number one thing that we, we deal with. So um, if I could 
be part of something that finds long-term solutions to that. Um, again, like I said, delivering, uh, being an advocate for projects such as the Lewis Extension into Finglas, um, and just helping, like there's groups like the Tidy Chinese, the GAA, they're all doing fantastic work and uh, to be able to help them to grow and expand, um, that's, that's just something I'm looking forward to doing over the next few years anyway. Yeah, but there's so many things, Anya, that can be done and that are being done at the moment. Like, there's nothing that happens overnight. And like, I suppose like in my own local town, like there's a number of like massive projects happening at the moment. So like a new enterprise hub, there's a new uh, library could be put into uh, like an old gate lodge. It's just enhancing the whole area. But there's like also a number of other issues that really need to be looked at. Like um, something there that was funding announced for, uh, I think it was just today actually, um, the vacant premises grants to try and like get buildings up to scratch that the council can rent them out. I suppose like that's a massive thing. Like there's a lot of vacant properties in my town and it kind of just brings the whole look of the place down. And when we've got about 1,200 people on a housing waiting list, so like things like that, I, I'd love to see that because when we bring people into our towns, it's just a knock-on effect and be positive. But I suppose I haven't like any one big project in my mind, but I suppose I'm just there and support the community um, in any way possible. And I just hope to continue to do that. And Shane, I think you touched on this earlier already. Yeah, uh, like my main thing is really to try and increase the, I suppose, population of young people in our area by making rural Ireland a viable place to live. But if I could do one other thing, it's to change the attitude towards politicians generally in our area through my own work. Like the one thing I got on the doors a lot was, oh, I suppose we'll vote for you now and then we won't see you for five years. Like I have been visible. I think I've been out in the community. I've been kind of on the ground. And if I could have a situation in five years where they said, I would at least be, at least you didn't vanish for five years kind of thing. Because I think some councillors obviously have done in the past but they've knocked on the door and then haven't seen for five years and just come back expecting to go again unless it's, that day is kind of gone, I hope. So it's not trying to change it. And, and? Yeah, uh, to continue to represent people with their housing queries and uh, get the affordable housing in, in Gori. Uh, but one of the other big issues is that we need a third, second level school in Gori town population of Gory Town has increased by 47% since 1996. So you know, people my age, they mightn't have kids now, but they are thinking down the line, they're thinking, right, okay, if we want to stay and live in Gory, it's a fantastic town. Well, we can't because we've nowhere for our kids to go to school in the future. So it's, it's a huge issue and we do need that school for our town to continue to be prosperous. Uh, so just as a final question, what advice would each of you give to young people looking to get involved in politics or local politics specifically um, down the line? So uh, I'll start with you, Shane. Um, first of all, don't let anyone tell you you're too young because you're not. Um, and don't let people, like I had a, a couple of local councillors around Lockray trying to talk me out of it by saying, you know, oh, you need to mind your job, you need to you need to progress in life before, like you need life experience, those kind of things. Um, don't, don't listen to that because you can gain that life experience by your, your representative people if you want it badly enough. Uh, other than that, just I suppose get involved in community stuff. Like if you're involved in things like the GAA, um, 
music groups. Like I, I was involved in Kyosis for years, involved in GAA, um, Tidy Towns, all those kind of things. Being, being visible in your community will help you get elected. So and the main thing, just don't let anyone tell you you're too young. Uh, Andrew, would you like to speak next? Yeah, just adding on to that, um, it's very important what Shane said about being visible in your community, but on another side of things um, is that people will, I believe that people will vote for people who do the right thing even when no one else is looking. Uh, so even if you doubt yourself that you don't have this qualification or you don't have that qualification, people will come to you on a number of, of reasons. And first, they want something they need something or they have a problem and they need it to get fixed. And if you can answer those three questions for that person, so don't care whether you're young, you're old, you're educated in college or you're not educated in college, if you can represent that person, they will support you. And also politics is all about trust. So be a trustworthy and honest person to your constituents and the people around you. Uh, and as I said earlier, have fun. And Aoife, do you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I'd say definitely um, if it's something that you really want to do and you're passionate about it, to definitely get into it. Don't let anybody stop you from doing it because I suppose in every walk of life, no matter what you go to do, you will have people there to discourage you. Um, and as well as that, I suppose like it's important for young people to know what the job is. So I suppose surround yourself with people that are already doing the job and get some hands-on experience before you get into it and get into it for the right reasons. Get into it because you think you can be a positive impact on your community. You feel like you have a lot, you have a lot to give. Don't get into it because you think, oh, it'll be, you know, for a, some sort of status. Because there is people that does, and if you're in it for that, it's not the right reason. Get into it because you feel you have something to give. And that's why I got into it. I felt like I have something to give there and I'll go for it. So I suppose it's just important. If you want to get into it, surround yourself with people that are in it and get an idea of what the job is and also just do it for the right reasons. And Breesh? Yeah, I suppose um, just be involved in your community and know what it is that make local people tick. What, a, what, what does the community need? What, what works well? What doesn't? Uh, try to get a sense of how, if it's the council you're looking at, how does the council fit into all that? You know, because I think a lot of people probably are... Um, you you need to familiarize, familiarize yourself, I suppose, with the, the role of local councillor first. And um, the best way to do that is just to throw yourself into a couple of campaigns, get to know the TDs, get to know the councillors in the area. And the great thing about Fianna Fáil is that it's it's a massive network of a lot of very talented people. So like, don't be afraid to call on people and ask as many questions because like we have a lot of people in Fianna Fáil that have done a lot of been very successful, and they're always only too willing to give advice. Uh, so I suppose just make use of your network and. Um, Keep, keep working in the community and be up to date with what's going on in it. Great, so uh, I think that's all we have time for. So thank you so much to all of you for joining us and thank you to everyone watching. Thank you. Thank you.